Well, praise God, it's good to see you. It's been a, quite some time, eh? It's been a long time, but you know, it's good to be back in the house of God. Amen. See you online a lot. I mean, you know, we'll see some, sometimes you see faces or names pop up or whatever, and then you see others missing, and you're like, what happened? Maybe they're on the Facebook account, you know? <laughs> so so um, I'm glad to be here. Um, it's a precious thing to be in the house of God. You know, um, missing, missing this time of fellowship, or this time of fellowship has, has really been, um, I, I can see where it takes its toll. You know, it, 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 it kind of sneaks up on you and, and you're like, you, you, know, you know, sometimes you're like, man, I, I really miss being in the house of God. You know, the, the world has their, you know, their sports events and games and all these other things, um, but we got the house, you know, and, and, and last week, I think it was Wednesday, I, I spoke on the pulpit and how important it was for the pul pulpit and the revelation. And that's because, you know, when, when a minister stands up here ministering the gospel, um, there's a divine transaction that takes place, right. right? And it really doesn't matter sometimes whether they're on the, you know, they're, they're, you know, you're over the air because God can bless you where, no matter where you are. But I think the highest flow is to be in the house of God. Yeah. It says, forsake not the fellowship of yourselves. And the reason that God says forsake not is because they don't put it off on the side. Don't put it off on the side. It's too important to put off on the side. Because when you come to the house of God, there's several things that happen. One is the fact that you're, you're going to get blessed from the pulpit as the minister ministers to you. The Holy Ghost ministers through them to you. But the next is, is the, the transaction which also occurs not only from you to us, but amongst the, the body of Christ. You see, when you come into the house, you shouldn't be coming to just receive. You should be coming to give. Yeah. You see, there are things that God has in store for you to say to people sometimes or to give to people sometimes. And if you are not prepared, I mean, look, if you come driving them to church and you're arguing, well, you know, you've just disqualified yourself, right? I remember Joyce Myers talked about it. She said, you know, she'd be going to church with her husband and, and sometimes she would just, you know, they'd be at it, right? And, you know, her more than him because Dave was pretty quiet, right? And she'd get in the parking lot and they'd go into the church, everybody be smiling and everything and, and you're, you're going to deliver your word or you're going to listen. But look, you, you never get the best that God has for you if you're going to be contentious because strife divides and strife separates and the Holy Ghost doesn't work in strife. Yes, okay, he does not work in strife. So, so when you're coming, that transaction, you know, is also on your part. And we kind of spoke about that. We kind of spoke about the, our attitude and, and our honor and, and how we should behave and what we should do and our expectation. All this is important. And the reason that God is talking about it, because half of the things that I say wasn't planning on saying, right? But the reason the Lord talks about it is because he's preparing us for something. Amen. Yeah, he's preparing us for a greater flow. And if you don't learn how to tap in and to tweak now, you will miss your part in the greater flow. You see, people who want the greater flow will receive the greater flow. But those who aren't prepared to receive the greater flow will not receive the greater flow. And then you'll miss out. You know, can you imagine standing in front of the Lord someday and he said, your, your bad attitude prevented you from getting what I had in store for you? I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that, right? And I don't think anybody here wants to hear that. But, but when, we, when we don't discipline ourselves, and we don't, like Reverend Taylor said, be consistent. Yeah. Yeah, because in consistency lies the power. That's, right. That's where the real flow comes. See, to, walking with the Lord one day or two days or three days, you know, it's great. You know? <laughs> Try you know, one year, two years, three years. The Lord talked to me about you recently. He said, you've been hit by something. And he said, um, he said that hit is probably the first hit you've taken in a long time around anything, right? And he said, how you, how you manage yourself through that hit um, is gonna determine um, you know, all the things that he has in store for you. Because when we've been hit over something, 
it, it can shake us. But I'll tell you, when, when you get through the shake, when you get through that stuff, you come out on the end with something that is greater, it's stronger, bolder, right? And there's a maturity which happens that, you know, sometimes we think, you know, okay, we'll just go through life and whatever, and, and there it is, and, you know, nothing happens, and we're good, and, you know, I tell you, the, 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 when somebody gets hit that first time, it, it shows you what's inside of you. You see? And you're going to get out on the other side yes. beautifully. Yes. Okay? Because what's inside of you yes. is this strong character um, that your mom has placed in there, that your dad has placed in there, and you have been prepared, yes. shaped for this. Yes. And yes. the pastors have poured into you things, um, and you have sought after God, and you have done all the things. I remember when your mom and I had the discussion about you going to school, and you know her wanting you to go to UFT, and you're saying, God's telling me to go down to Bible school. And it was back and forth, back and, forth and, and you said, God wants him to go, and you were so young. And it was like to hear God that clearly, saying, go to Bible school now, and the things that happened, and the impartations that you received uh, you're coming out you're coming out you're coming out so gloriously strong and 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 so many people are going to be impacted by the things that you say and the things that you do so I just want to encourage you I just want to encourage you I just want to encourage you God knows and he sees what he has for you and he wouldn't tweak things if he didn't know that on the other side of that thing was a glorious walk and a glorious work amen Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Because I remember the first time I got hit, I'm telling you, man, with some stuff. I, and it doesn't really matter what it is, right? None of, nobody's business, right? But, but you know, we, you know we, we get hit with all kind of stuff, right? You know, it might be, you know, you might feel, you know, sickness in your body or, you, you know, you might, something might happen with somebody, you know, a coworker or somebody lied on you or you didn't have to defend yourself. It could be anything, right? But when you get hit that first time, it isn't, it can be something, right? But you got to stay true to the call. Stay true to the walk, right? I remember when I got saved and, and um, went to church and I didn't think that Christian people... Um, lied or um, were critical of one another or, um, you know, would backbite or, you know, would, would, you know, would not want the best for other people. Honest to goodness, I was that green. I was that green. And I was like 23, I think, 22, 20, maybe 21, 22, when I got saved. But I was that green. When I gave my heart to the Lord, I gave it to him. Now, my friends, you know, and, you know, something you backslide after a little bit, but, you know, you, you come back, you realize that, and God slaps you up a little bit, and then you realize you can't do what you're doing. So, but, but, but I loved God so much. I just wanted to serve Him. And, I, and when I made that decision, I literally said, that's, everything's behind me now. I'm done. You know, I've, I'm done, right? Because I wanted God. So when I came to church, the first time somebody... I got hit and somebody, you know, did something. I'm like, you're lying <laughs> to the ministry staff. <laughs> it shocked me yeah. because I'm like, because I didn't grow up in church. My parents weren't Christians, right? So I, there, I, my expectation of what it was was only, you know, my grandmother who was saved, you know, used to talk to me, I think, about Rex Humbert or whatever. And, you know, used to say, you know, you should listen to Gregory and watch him. And I'm like, no, not a thought for me, right? Um, and, and so I know she was diligent in the things of, of concerning Jesus and, and love the Lord. But I didn't expect those things, right? So I'll tell you, if, if you got hit by something, don't let the hit make you walk away from God. Because I've known that to happen to people. Yeah. Where they got hit by something and they walked away. 
They said, is this what church is like? Is this what Christians are like? Is this what Jesus is like? No, that's what the person is like because they made a mistake. And you'll make your mistakes too, right? So get over it. Get into the Bible. Get on and, and push on with the Lord. Amen? You see? You, you don't let these little hits separate you from your destiny. You don't let them separate you from the place God has set you and placed you. You see? He took the time in eternity to write your name down, write out your plan and say, here's what I want for them. He took the time to do that for you. So he set you in a church. He set you in a place and he set you there to be divinely connected. There are divine associations that some of you were going to get. No, actually, all of you should get. And I was thinking about the members of this church. My wife and I often talk about it. Some of the, the people at this church are just on a scale yes. that I have just not seen yes. before. It's true. And, I, and, and I was like, I just love them. I just, they are just such great people. Yeah. I'm like, Lord, this is the cream of the crop. It is. And guess what? The guy who's sitting in the church down the street might be saying the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You see? And when I lived over in Malaysia, my wife and I and our kids, we were saying some of the same things of the people over there. Yeah. You know why? Because where God set you, there's a divine anointing there for it. There's things there for you. And he knows what people he's putting you with. And there's a reason he's put you with them. You see? So there is something supernatural about it. It's not just natural. And if you take the relationships and the connections that you have and the people that you meet in here as just purely natural, you have missed God. He says, no, no man after the flesh. You have missed God. You see? I, you know, just because we're ministers doesn't mean that you can't sharpen us. I remember one lady said to me, I was preaching many years ago here, and, and a lady, she kept, I think it was a Wednesday night or something, and she kept kind of shaking in her seat, and I noticed her, and she was, you know, and, and I knew something was wrong, right? But, but I, I kind of sensed there was something, because there was an anointing on it. I, I could just tell them, I said, there was anointing on it. So I just, you know, walking around, and I just kind of sobered, just walk, walk over her, because I wanted what was in her to be released, right? So I just walked over there, I walked over there, and I stood by, by her. And I continued preaching by her, and all of a sudden, she grabbed me. And then she started to say something, right? What she said was accurate. Now, I'm not encouraging you all to do that, okay? Because you guys... <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, Pastor Craig comes back, and you're all running up here saying, I got a word for you, Pastor. You get me in trouble, you know? I won't be disciplined. <laughs> you're not going to happen. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, but this particular instant, I knew, I knew, and I knew there was something that she had. I knew it was, it was around me, and I knew she was afraid to release it, right? And she could have waited to the back, and that's fine, right? But she was doing certain things, and as I walked by her and preached for a while, she grabbed me, she started to say some stuff, and what she said was accurate, and blessed me. You see, now that's only happened once in 30 odd years, I mean 10 years odd of church, I mean five years odd church, because I'm kind of young, right? So <laughs> that's only happened once. But the fact of the matter is that you all have something in you to give to the body of Christ, right? And although, you know, it doesn't always flow up, it can, but it doesn't always flow up, you know, but there's things that people say to me that just kind of just bless me, right? Because there is a divine exchange that is occurring, saints, a divine exchange. And let me tell you something, the, the church and being connected to the right place and the right pastors is for your safety. We often look at it like I'm doing something for you, Pastor Craig and Pastor Jenny, by showing up to church today. I'm doing something for you. You know, I want something, but I'm doing something for you. 
So, you know, you're calling me and, you know, why haven't you called me? Because I'm doing something for you. Right? Why haven't members of the church called me? Because I'm doing something for you. I'm doing something for you, church. I'm serving. I'm doing something for you. You are here for your safety. It's different. You are here for your safety. You see, I got, I remember Dr. Ed say this, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but he, he, he said to a man, um, a man one time, the man was, you know, doing okay. It was in his church. He was, um, you know, he was all right. And, you know, he had a daughter. And the Lord prayed with, doc, Dr. Ed prayed with him, and the man started to get blessed, started to get prosperous. Well, you know, you start show, stop showing up for Wednesday, special meetings. You stop showing up for Wednesday, you know, and then all of a sudden he stopped showing up for Sunday. Dr. Caesar says, what are you doing? Why aren't you coming to church? He goes, you need to be here. He says, no, you know, I'm just spending time with the, my daughter, you know. He's like, yeah, I'm so busy, blah, blah, blah. So he stopped coming to church. Well, that's one Sunday he went out with his daughter, okay, boating. Yeah. She fell over. I don't know how what happened, fell over the boat or whatever, but I, all I know is that the, the boat went over, the motor went over her, split her head, and she was dead. The father has to live with that. And I'm not talking about things that drastic, but I'm telling you, had he been in church on Sunday, he would have never been boating that day. Right? And and I'm not, not, you know, again, I'm not preaching doom and gloom. You have to understand me, right? I'm I'm just trying to to let you know that there is oftentimes um, a a challenge and a severity because there's a safety in coming to the house of God. There's a safety for you in obeying God, serving Him, and loving Him. I got to, you know, I, I tell my wife, my wife doesn't like me talking about me going to Europe, right, but without her. So, you know, but, but I went to Europe without her, right? I didn't know her at that point in time, so it, it's okay, right? <laughs> and, and I'm hanging out with friends. I don't know, I was in Rome, I was in some place, I was roaming around, right? My kids don't like it either now because my wife doesn't like it, so it's, it's okay. <laughs> so, I think I'm in Rome, I'm walking down the street, it's evening hours, I'm with, you know, friends or whatever. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, you know, I asked the Lord if I can go. And he said, yes, you can go. Right? And, and I'm walking down the street. And all of a sudden, this, this light begins to flash. And the streets in, in Europe, you know, can be a little bit smaller, especially when you go down those side streets. And these guys are on what it is, a moped. And they're swinging from side to side, from left to right. Left to right. And the street, I mean, it's like, it's like a little, little narrow place, right? Only mopeds can go down there. And I'm walking, and I'm walking, but I'm, I'm like, there's no sidewalk here. Like, there's no space. i got to walk on the road. So I'm like, uh-oh. So I'm walking. I'm, all of a sudden, I step this way, the sidewalk, and this thing came right for me. Because they're now drunk and they're swinging, and hit right here, like right there. Sparks went flying, um, and I just kind of went like this, and just kept walking. And my friends looked and said, oh, my gosh. I thought you were dead. I said, what? I thought you were dead. That thing hit you dead on. I said, there is safety in God. That is my point. There is safety in God. There's safety in the house of God. You see? Um, you know, I was talking to the Lord about this as well recently. And, and, and I said, um, Lord, uh, you know, just like that lady who, who spoke to me at that time. There are some things you go through where you would like to choose your origin of blessing. Yeah. Oh, very, good. <laughs> very, very good. You might say, I don't want that person blessing me. <laughs> because I got a little attitude with them. You know, I want that person blessing me because they're a little bit higher up in the spiritual scale. They 
know more than I know. They might have more education than I have. Um, they are not, you know, just normal over here. So we want to choose our origin and our place of blessing. And we want to choose who God uses to minister and speak to us. And you make a mistake and you miss God when you do that. I was meditating, thinking about it, and the Lord said, you don't choose your place of blessing. Or your origin of blessing. He said, you don't choose it. He goes, you don't decide on who blesses you. I decide on who blesses you. You prayed about it. You asked me about it. Now I'm going to bless you, but I'm going to bless you from someplace, and it's not up to you. Pride comes in the way when we say our blessing must come from. So, you know, if I go, you know, bless Junior, my Junior might go, ah, oh, yes, praise the Lord, praise God. But if Michaela goes to bless Junior, I'm like, what's this little girl, you know, meeting my need here? You know, <laughs> you, know you, you don't get to choose it. I remember a minister was preaching one time and, and, and he said, um, you know, he, he needed a building, building fund was going on. There's a lot of things that he needed finances for. And, you know, all of a sudden, this whole lady comes up. And she gives him a significant amount of money. And he knows that this lady doesn't have money. He knows there are people in his congregation who have money and have wealth. Yet it's this lady who gives him the money. And he said he kind of tossed it back and forth for a little bit. And then he recognized that he's got to take it. Because this is her sacrifice. She's believing God. And he must take it. It's a humbling experience when God uses someone or something who you know they're sacrificing to bless you. You'd rather come from somebody who you know has abundance. But God chooses a person who doesn't have to bless you. There's something that's happening there. You see? One is that God is having them stretch their faith, but God is also taking your humility and wiping it away. Yes. He's also letting you know how important, how blessed, how precious are His saints. Yes. Right? He's letting you know that, that I will call even the smallest thing and the smallest one to change things for you. Yes. Think about that. You see? There are divine exchanges, saints. That happens all, all the time. You know, I, I, I'll tell you two of my stories. And, you know, I tell you stories not because I, I, I like, you know, telling the stories. And I, and I think they're important. But oftentimes they reveal, you know, my bad attitude at some point in time. And, and so, I, you know, I always like to tell them. But when God begins to speak to me about something, I, I got to share it. <clears throat> and I remember, um, you know, there, there was uh, one time where Dr. Ed was here. When we came back, I think it was 2011, 2012. And we're, we're sitting here. I think the church was a little bit different. And Dr. Ed, you know, I had, I had injured myself. Um, and I'd, I'd actually ripped my meniscus, but I didn't know it. I just knew that my leg was stiff. It was very painful. I could barely walk, right? It felt like the front of my knee, but the origin I found out after with the x-rays and all that kind of stuff was the back of my, ultrasounds, was the back of my knee, okay, on MRIs. So I'm sitting there. The, the front row is filled with ministers, right? And, you know, Dr. Hayden, and the church is full, and he said, somebody here <clears throat> has a pain in your knee. He names a knee, in your right knee. Like, I got a pain in my right knee. He goes, come on up. Nobody comes up. I sit there and I won't say nothing, okay? I'll tell you why I don't say anything, right? Because all these ministers are up there and I'm supposed to be a man of faith, right? So I'm like, I'm not going anywhere. 
<laughs> and then you begin to question, is that really me, Lord? Is that for me? Is that, is that, and, and so I began to question, I'm like, is that really, well, you know, he said, there's a, there's a, you know, you have an injury at the back of your knee. I said, well, my injury is at the front of my knee, so I'm not going up, right? Well, you know, he walks by, you know, a doctor as he is, he, you know, pats me on the back. Later I realized why he pat me on the back, <laughs> and he goes into the, into the room. I end up having surgery. And the reason, and when I went to get surgery and all the MRI stuff, I found out that the injury was in the back of my knee. And I said, Lord, that was for me. Yeah. He said, yeah, it was for you, right? But because you wanted to appear a certain way, right. you decided not to take your blessing. Yeah. Now you're waiting for, on me to heal you, and that was the delivery that I was going to use to heal you. Yeah. So guess what? You're going to have the surgery. You don't choose how the blessing comes. Yeah. You see? We must be bold enough, humble enough to step out and receive what God has for us. Because you don't get to choose. There was another time. This is the positive one, which made me kind of look good. Okay? Uh, <laughs> I, I was, I, and, and, and again, saints, <clears throat> excuse me. Anything you ever hear that comes out of my mouth that sounds remotely challenging or makes you go, mm, in your seat. Recognize that is not my character. Amen. And recognize that is not my nature. It is not my nature and my character yeah. to push you down. Yeah. Or what seems like pushing you down. It is always my nature and my character to try to pull up. That's just how I roll. Okay? Because I, it's part of exhortation. It's part of what I do. That's part of you know, my, my, my thing. But, but it's also how I, I, I'll try to lift you up. Okay? So if you're ever hearing anything that comes and is like, mm, make you go, mm, make you kind of you know, wiggle in your seat. Understand that God is just dealing with you. And, and it's a thing that, that he wants you to um, really take and make adjustments, right? Um, sometimes we sit here and we think, you know, when Pastor Craig's saying something that it's, you know, he's coming down on you and, and, and whatever. And, and it's really, it's coming out of his heart. And it's trying to fine tune and make adjustments because we know what's coming, okay? So, so whenever you hear, understand this. Don't, don't feel... You know, troubled or bad about something. Just know what God, I'm going I'm I'm to receive it and I'm going to change. Amen. That's all you say. I'm going to receive it and I'm going to change. So the thing that kind of made me look good. Okay. So I was, um, one, one time I was, um, you know, we were going to go away. And there was a minister coming into town. And we had booked something. We couldn't change it. And a bunch of stories. A, a lot of things happened. Long story short, um, I really wanted to go to this meeting. But we had said something, you know, weeks, months before. I just couldn't change it. And God miraculously changed it. So we now had the, I now had the opportunity to come to this men's fellowship meeting, right? And I was like, great. Well, the minister ministers, and one of the first things he says is, you know, some of you have neck pain and arm pain. And he goes, and, and he goes, it's, it's really troubling. He goes, come on up. Well, you know, I jumped up right away, jumped up right away, and went right to the front. Laid hands on me, okay? miraculously healed there and there. I had that pain for like six months. Six months I was dealing with that pain. I fell on, so I'd felt fallen, um, and I was dealing with that pain. And I just kept believing, kept standing, kept believing, kept standing. My delivery came from this minister who came into town. And, what it, what, and I thought, think to myself, Lord, what if I didn't really want to go to this meeting? What, what, if, what if I just kind of left it alone and said, ah, yeah, you know, well, <clears throat> I'm getting on a plane tomorrow. 
you know, I got stuff to do, um, you know, or next week, you know, don't, don't it's okay, it's fine, you weren't going to be, there. what if I had that attitude? God wouldn't have been able to deliver me. Why? Because you don't get to choose how your, your, your healing, your deliverance, or your finances, and you know, your blessing comes. You don't get to choose it. Amen. God chooses it. Amen. Okay? So I'm telling you this. God chose you for this church. Okay? He chose you for this church. He set you in here. He set you in this place. You don't get to choose to get up and leave. It is not your choice. The problem is, we don't live in China. <clears throat> Excuse me. We live in North America. We live in a Western society, which tells you, do what you want to do because you have control over everything. You live in a communist country or a semi-communist country, which tells you, you don't go to school at this time. You wake up at that time. You go here when I tell you to go here, and you don't have a choice. You see, taking somebody from there and putting them in a church and saying, you got a cho some choices now, their, meant, their attitude is about, you know, well, you know, I've grown up without choice. So, pastor says, come, I come. <clears throat> pastor says, watch, I watch. Pastor says, you know, it's good for you to read. I read. See? Because that independent spirit is not really there. In our society, there's an independent spirit. Independence. Okay? So, even in business, where God is telling people to join forces, they refuse to do it because there's a capitalist mentality that says, I must be the one to make myself a success. And God is saying, no, two of you together will be the success. But you don't do, want to do that because you want to be head honcho. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Another revealing story. I've been there. I had a friend of mine who became uh, a chief financial officer of one of the biggest companies in North America. If not, you know, probably top up there in the world. And he was for Canada. And when I finished school, the, you know, I decided to come back to Toronto, you know, from graduate school. And I came up here and, you know, first thing I said, I'm going to call my friend, see how he's doing. God was leading me. God was leading me. I said, I'm going to call my friend. I want to see how he's doing. <clears throat> Called him. And he said, hey, what are you doing? I said, nothing. I'm looking for this job for blah, 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 blah. You know, but I'm up here just for you know, a week or so to relax and whatever. He said, why don't you come work for me? I got this opening up. He goes, you know, these guys, these MBAs are lining up to come and see me. He goes, you know, just come work for me. And he goes, and it's in an area that you're, you're going to enjoy. And he goes, I'm moving up to this position. And he goes, and I knew this guy would take care of me. When I say take care of me, you know, in, in companies, you always have, you're always having some kind of hierarchical structure, right? And, and he was in a position where, you know, he'd cover me. He would just cover me. If there were things going wrong, he said, no, 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 Greg's not like that. He'd cover me, yeah. right? And then when he moved up, I'd move up because he'd look for opportunities to, to move me up. Well, I said, ah, you know, I'm looking for X amount of dollars. And, and I'll tell you, the X amount of dollars was, was in like 5 or 10%. Oh, no. yeah, it was like nothing, right? It's really nothing, right? So I, decide, <laughs> so I decided that uh, I want the job to look like this. I really want it to be like that. I don't know if I want to report it to my friend, you know. And so I said, ah, you know, I don't, ah, let me think about it. I don't know. You know, they went back to the States, lost touch, and, you know, spent the next, you know, several months trying to find a job. <laughs> you see? But even the job that I got wasn't really 
what God had intended for me. Because we have to obey and follow his plan because there are divine connections. There are divine associations, you see? And in this church, that is what you're connected with. I didn't, you, know, you don't know the story of Pastor Craig and I, right? I, I, I mean, I might have mentioned it sometime, you know, but I don't know if I mentioned it, the detail. But, you know, I was going to, going to uh, I think it was Dr. Um, Kenneth Hagen meeting at Hershey Center, right? I'm going to the same church that he's going to, right? Um, and there's a meeting in Hershey Center. Dr. Hagen is in town. Um, I really don't know him. I've seen him once or twice before. Um, because he was ministering in a, a different church, and he'd actually um, was at my cousin's wedding, I think, um, and you know, him and Pastor Jenny caused trouble in the back, and they were all having fun, right? And so we were, I, so I remembered them. I remember from, from that, but that's it. That's it, right? Pastor Craig's younger than than I am, right? So it wasn't as though we, we were in school; we knew each other. So I'm I'm walking to Hershey Center, and my wife is driving, right? So we're a little bit late coming in at to work. We drive into the parking lot. Sonia's driving. She goes, just jump out here, and, and I'll, I'll just do it on their parking lot. And I said, okay. So I'm walking. Then all of a sudden, I see, you know, this guy, Pastor Craig. And he's walking up, you know, maybe you know, 30 yards in front of me. And he's saying, he's, he's saying um, to Pastor Jenny, he's, he's coming by. He said, come on, Jenny, come on. We got to get, he's, he's, going, he's, he's, he's running to the door, right? Because he's late. And when you're under that ministry with that, with that pastor, you don't come in late. No, no. Right? That particular, you don't come in late. He's, not, he's very punctual, right? So he expects you to be there. So he said, come on, come on. And I'm looking at him, and I'm sitting there waiting for Sonia, and I'm looking at him, and he really doesn't know who I am. And I'm looking at him, and I hear the Lord. And the Lord says, get to know him. I said, what? He said, get to know him, because you're gonna, you're gonna, he's going to be one of your closest friends. I said, what? He said, get to know him. I said, Why? I said, okay, all right. So Sonia comes up. I said, Sonia, I don't know that guy. I said, I've seen him a couple of times, but the Lord said to get to know him because we're going to be friends. I said, I, I, I. so guess what? I obeyed God. And the rejection I experienced, <laughs> you got to know God spoke to you. <laughs> You gotta know, right? And, and and I knew God spoke to me. So so you know, every time you were at church, I, I was trying to, you know, I said, you'd come up and I'd say, hey, how are you doing? You know, whatever you could be. Good. Pastor Craig, good brother, very good, very good. I'm good. And then he's gone. And then I see him, you know, at church, and I'm say, hey, how you doing? You know, we should we should get get together. Yeah, yeah, brother, very good. Good to see you. All right, and he's gone. And this was going on for like months, right? And I, I remember one day I turned aside and I said. I don't need no friends. I said, I got enough friends. I said, I don't need him to be my friend. I said, I said, why? I said God told me to be his, his friend. I said, you know what? I'm not reaching out to this guy anymore. I said, forget about it. I said, you don't want to be friends? That's okay. I don't need a friend. I'm not looking for a friend. I said, I'm not lonely. Right? You know, I'm more of an introvert than anything anyway, right? Like, I, don't, I said, I don't, I don't need any more friends. Well, it's at that point that things started, turned, it turned. And all of a sudden, you know, we end up, um, something, he's having a, a birthday party, and one of his close friends invited us because he knew we, we kind of talked and whatever, and, and we went there, and then that's where the relationship flourished, right, and developed over years. But look where I am. Look where I am. Had that other church gone the direction it went, we would have gone anyway, right? But we never would have had this relationship, 
And we never would have known that it was connected to a place, to a church, yes. and a call, yes. Yes. right? Yes. And that we had something to do with it. Yes. We never would have known that. Yes. But God knew that. Yes. You see? There are things that God is... Now listen, don't everybody call me up saying God told me to be your friend. <laughs> okay? <laughs> You know, you're already there. You don't have to worry about it. It's like, you know, you know, you don't need to do that. Okay. You know, don't call Miss Lorraine saying, God told me to be your friend. Lorraine's going to tell you, uh, you better go pray, brothers. You know, you know, we'll pray about You better fast about that too. You know, and so, you know, it's the point being this, we got to be sensitive enough and mature enough to know when God is talking to us. You know, he says this in the scriptures. He says, uh, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. God knows the end from the beginning which means it's happening down there. He's here, he knows. And there are things that he's called you to do at this church, divine connections. And you can't afford to miss your divine appointment. That for me was a divine appointment, you see? And I didn't miss it. Uh, there was another divine, I'll tell you something else. That, that particular church that we were talking about, I'd visited one time because um, I think Brother Hagen's um, um, grandson was in town, he was at that church. And I went to that church and it had the anointing, and it was like, there was an anointing on that church, and I was like, this is my flow. Yes. This is the faith flow. This is, you know, Hagen flow. This is what I like. Yes. Church we were going at the time, which were there for many, many years, just wasn't, wasn't that way. It didn't have that kind of flow. Um, and and, and it, it was what, it was what I, and I knew, and I connected to that church, walked in, I said, I'm going I'm to come here. And the Lord said, no, you're not. I said, Lord, it's a special meeting, but I'm going to come here. He said, no, you're not. I said, Lord, I want to. He goes, yeah, that's fine. You'll come here in the future, but you're not coming here now. I said, okay, all right, I get it, I'll get it. And so I didn't go there. You know why? Because he had a divine appointment for me at the other place. Divine appointment sitting in the front row. Had I been up at that other church, I never would have met my wife. I never would have these, you know, the beautiful wife and these three beautiful girls sitting here. I wouldn't have met my wife because I would have been up at the other church. Right? And, and just looking the way I'm looking, as sharp as I am, somebody would have tried to snag me up. I'm like, come on now. Let's be real. <laughs> it's true. It's true. real about this thing here now. So staying there, staying there uh, allowed me to, to meet my wife and meet my kids and, and, I'll tell you, and get, have my kids. And, and I'll tell you, I mean, even with Michaela, what we went through to have that little first one, I had written her name down in my Bible before I was even married. God had given me her name. And I put it in my Bible and I said, when I have my child, I know it's gonna, the first child is going to be a girl. And this will be her name. So, so when I met my wife, I said, our, 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 I know our first, and I knew, I knew it was going to have three kids, right? Um, my wife thought we were going to have two. Um, so, so I, <laughs> divine things, you know? And, 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 and so I'd written her name down. See, friends, when we walk in the realm of the Spirit, there are things that God is going to show us and He's going to reveal to us, right? But we must be positioned right to receive it. Your place in this house is positioning you right. 
Yeah. It's positioning you for the greater things. I, I don't ever want you to actually take it for granted. Sometimes I'll sit there and I'll you know, say to Pastor Craig, or I'll you know, preach and I'll say this, and I'll say this again. So I, this is what I have searched for yeah. all of my life. Yeah. I want God so badly. Yeah. I want to see his miraculous moving power consistently, so badly. I want, to, I want to fulfill all that he has in store for me, so badly. And it's connected to here. You see? And whether the season is short, long, you hear every day, not, it doesn't really matter. Amen. It's that God has divinely appointed and set us, and we can't take this for granted. This is what I have searched for all of my life. The word which is spoken from this pulpit, the ministers which stand here, are of renown. When it talks about mighty men and women of valor, these are God's generals that stand in this pulpit. You see? And your pastors are joining that, by the way, just so you know. Right? It's God's generals that's, that preach from this pulpit. Yet, we doze off. We don't show. It's because we haven't sensed what is vital yet. So be encouraged. You will. You will. You will. Some of you will do it early. Some will do it a little bit, you know, midway. Some will do it just getting their feet in there, you know, really getting it just before everything hits. But just keep coming. Keep staying. Keep preaching or, or praying. Keep listening to the preaching. And don't get offended. Understand you are of value, even though somebody doesn't call you every single day. You are of value. So many Christians suffer with self-identity and self-image. See? God created you. With, he has a divine purpose for you. He has set you someplace. Don't let the past infringe upon the wonderful future that God has for you. See? Let it go, saints. Don't let the arguments interfere with your destiny. That's right. yeah. Let it go, saints. Don't let the, what somebody looking at you the wrong, you know, sometimes, uh, it happens to me, you know, so, that, so even, even I'm preaching and somebody's face is like, you're kind of looking like, are they mad at me? You know? You know it's, actually, in all truth, I just kind of look over your heads. I really am like, whatever. <laughs> but, I, but I know Pastor Craig has said to me a couple times, like, something wrong? I said, no, I'm just thinking. I'm processing. I said, I'm, process I'm processing what you're saying because it's, it's here and I'm, and I'm sifting through it in my spirit. And my, I love it. I'm, it's, it's great. I said, oh, I, I, thought, you know, I thought something was... No, no, I said, it's sifting, sifting in my spirit. It's so deep, right? Um, but sometimes somebody looks at you and you think they're looking at you like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at their clothes. Mm-hmm. Look at them shoes. Mm-hmm. Did, didn't do your hair this morning. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you think they're looking at you because they got an attitude or something about, and it's not necessarily the case. You can't let the enemy, you know, deceive you into that. And even if they had an attitude, you leave it with God. You leave it with God. I was talking to somebody recently and they said, you know, they had some challenges, something was going on. And I said, leave it with God. Just leave it with God. You know, the thing about Jesus that you'll find is that he was humble and meek. 
you know, he, he, he wasn't meek because he didn't. He, meekness mean I, means I have power. I have the ability to use it, but I don't. I don't. I don't. You see, he was gentle, meek, and mild. Yes, he was, right? But guess what? There were times where he, he went right into those hypocrites. Went right into them, right? Because he didn't play around. Didn't mince words, right? But Jesus, come on, he's our example, saints. Right? He's our example. The love walk will tear you apart if you don't do it. If you don't do it. Because the conviction over it will push you away because you don't want to do it. Because you don't want to humble yourself. You don't want to forgive the fellow saints. You, you, you put, no. No, I'm telling you. Be encouraged. Say ha, 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 ha. Come on now. Come on, the divine exchange. What's going on? Ha, 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 ha. Uh, now laugh over that person who, you know, said something you didn't like. Just go, ha, 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 ha. See, you don't want to do it. See, see, that, that I was like a ha. Come on now. Think about that person who's offending you. Think about that person who caused you trouble. Think about the person who, who, who didn't look, you know, too nicely at you. Think about what's in your heart concerning them and say this, Lord, I forgive them. And then do this. Ha, 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 ha. You see, you're not doing it. Do it. <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Ha, 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 ha. God has it. Ha, ha. I don't have a care in the world. Ha, ha. God has. That's what you got to do. Because you're flat. Look at Cyril. Cyril, who is it? Nobody. <laughs> he said it's me. He said it's me. Ha, 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 ha. It's a divine. Don't worry. I know you love me. <laughs> It's a, it's a divine exchange, saints. You know, we really got to look at this thing and, and, and say, uh, the, the place that God has set us and he's planted us is much more important than anything else. And I'm not going to have the devil tear me away from it. Because he will try. He will try to, he will try to tear you away from your marriage. He will, <clears throat> marriage. Marriage. Okay. If your family life is disrupted, it can disrupt everything else. <clears throat> And so the love walk in the marriage covenant is critical. Um, there cannot be strife in your household because your place of, of peace, more than anything, because you're outside there more often, should be your home. And so the, you know that the devil will attack two places more than any place. Your home and your church life. And then he will move to your work life if you can't get those. It means that when you are getting married, or you, you know, you must choose wisely. And what do I mean by that? Um, you have to allow the Lord to help you in that choice. Because in that covenant, God never usually or rarely often puts you together with somebody who's exactly like you. <clears throat> so there will always be a rubbing of the knuckles until you fit. But there are certain things in that marriage covenant that, listen, you don't have to deal with, right? And you don't have to deal with, right? Um, there are other things that God is going to work on you to kind of move down the rough edges to, because you need to pull to the center a little bit. I am more disciplinarian than my wife, right? Somebody like, you guys ain't doing that. You forget about them. Somebody like, well, Greg, you know, just calm down. You know, it's not so big a deal, you know. Yeah, but they should be. Yeah, so you calm, you calm down. Okay, what, okay, all right. You know, my kids are great, but there's, but, but there's a balance, right? There's a balance, right? Um, now, when I met my wife, um, there were things that I knew in my heart that I couldn't, comp 
I say, listen, if God told me to, I would, but I just couldn't compromise on it. Right? Because it's not my nature. My nature is so, what is the word, anathema, anathema? It's so contrary to, it's so against this kind of, these kinds of things. So one of the things was, I don't like to cook. <laughs> I do not like to cook. My dad can cook. And my dad's a good cook. Yeah. And my mom cooks. And my mom, mom's a good But I can't cook. I mean, I cook meals now. But my wife had to struggle with me over the years to get me to the place where I could cook. And, you know, I cook, you know, mean chili. I cook, you know, mean spaghetti sauce and stuff. You know, I can do other stuff. Yeah. But I got the recipe in front of me and I follow it. Right, right. I follow it. Like, you know, Sonia will come into the kitchen and she'll like, what's in the fridge? All right? Zip, 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 zip. Puts it together in 30 minutes and it tastes better than my cooking and my recipe. Okay, so I had to, you know, my pride had to, I had to deal with that, okay? But, but I, I, I just, not a big cook, I've never been that way, that, that inc and, and I've had to come, I've had to learn that, you know, you gotta, listen, you gotta come over this side a little bit, right? And so, you know, I'm, I'm working on it, and I'm doing pretty decent, I think, right? Uh, thanks, dear. I'm doing pretty decent, right? You know, and, and, and but there, there are other things that, you know, you know my, my wife, you know, might not like, or I, my point is this, some of you are looking at your spouses and you really got to take a look. Right. Sorry, few, your spouses and those of you who are getting married. You really got to take a look. You really got to take a look because if there are major problems now that you can't deal with, I can guarantee you when you get married, it multiplies. And I can guarantee you the devil will make it multiply. So as, as we are led by the Spirit in our choices and our decisions, we have to really be truthful with our heart and say, yeah, Lord, is, is this the one? I don't mean being critical, no, no, right? No, no. I mean, Lord, you know, am I going to be able to do with this? Listen, if your wife is telling you what to do all the time, you're going to have a problem. If, you're, if, you're, if your you know, future spouse is telling you, you know, go do this, go do that, go do this, go do that, go, then expect that in a marriage. Don't expect it to change. That's true. Yeah. Right? Um, and, 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 and I'm talking he or she. Yeah. Yeah. Okay? It ain't going to change. Yeah. Right? You have to take a, a real... Um, and, this, and what does this have to do with anything? It's a divine connection. It's a divine association. You know, I've had known family members to marry people who cause them... More pain than they would have liked. And they will get, I guarantee you, they would have, they'll look and they'll say, God never told me to do that. I just felt whatever. It's too immature to really make that decision and listen. And now I'm living with it. Had to live with it. Not living with it no more. But it has set me back. I remember Brother Hagen talking about it. When there was a lady who wanted to marry this guy. And the guy was a, you know, a bit of a drinker. Um, you know, he had you know, his beer every so often. And she, he said this was a mighty saint of the Lord. She was powerful in the things of the Spirit. And, and she said, well, I met this guy, and you know, whatever. And Brother Hagen thought, you know, sister, he's not, you know, rooted. He's not, there's things that you, you need to watch out for, right? And I said, yeah, you know, but, you know, he says he'll change. And, well, she went and she married him. And guess what? He didn't change. Guess what? It got worse. Guess what? He started to beat her. Guess what? Shortened her life. She died before he did. He got saved, but she died before he did. And Brother Hagen will look and tell you, that's because the, the amount of beating that she had to take from him in order to get him to the place where he was eventually saved and came to God, it was not worth it. Her body could not take it anymore, and she went out early. Think about it. These things we don't always talk about. Okay? Think about it. 
Divine associations, divine connections happen in marriage, happen in you know, friendships, happen in the church, happens where God sets you. Divine connections, saints. And, and if we don't, again, even with these divine connections, value them, If I didn't, listen, I love Pastor Craig like he's my brother. He's my pastor. Pastor Jenny's my pastor. Love her like she's my sister. You know, we honor them as our, they are our pastors. Okay. And we love them. They're exceptional pastors. They are great pastors. Right. We also love them as friends. Right. And I, we value that friendship. We value that pastoral connection. Right. We value that friendship. We value it. It's important to us. See? So you don't make things offend you over it. You know? I might, you know, tick him off sometimes or bother him. He's like, oh, whatever. You know? Or, or, you know, vice versa the other time. But it doesn't matter. I value that relationship. I value that pastoral connection, that pastoral association. I value that. Do you value that relationship in your life? You've got to be honest with yourself. Because if you don't really value it, you're willing to let the enemy come and, and, and let that expire and let it separate you. Right? But if you know God has got a special thing for you, here and with these pastors, then you nurture, you lift up, you pray for, and you don't let these things, these foolish little things come in the way. Because in eternity, these little tiny things mean nothing. Think about it. You live to your, if Jesus doesn't come back in, you know, 20, in, in, in 2034, 33, 34, that's what I've always believed, but that's fine, right? If he doesn't come back then, and you go out and you're 80 odd years old, somebody who's sitting here who's 70 or 80 will tell you, I don't know where the time went. Right. I don't know where the time went. It's just like, just like that, right? Because time goes so quickly. You're going to be in eternity with Jesus. Are you going to let some little foolish thing that happened, you know, with somebody, you know, over the course of two weeks trouble your destiny? But put it in perspective. It means nothing when you put it against eternity. It means nothing when you put it against Jesus' sacrifice. Think about what he endured. Grabbing his beard and ripping out here. Poking thorns in his head till he bleeds, slapping him in the face, kicking him, spitting on him, beating him to the point where, you know, there is, he's supposed to actually die, throwing some wooden thing on him and saying, no, carry it yourself for your death, mocking him, little, little you know, so-called kings, and he's the only king, yet he, yet he says, because the father said to do it, I do it. Think about it. Think, put, the, put these little things in perspective. Then he goes on the cross, puts up his hands, nailed to it, the pain and suffering, and then he takes every sin, all sickness, all disease, upon himself, on the cross, and the Father turns his back and is pleased to do it. Why? For you. For me. Is it worth it? These little petty arguments and stuff. Not worth it. 
Now, when I mention up against eternity, in Acts 13, 1 to 5, it said this. Paul and Barnabas were called to, to walk together, okay? It said, um, at Antioch, there were um, certain ministers and prophets, or um, prophets and teachers, and it lists, lists them. Um, and it's, then it says, the, the, um, um, the Holy Ghost said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, to the work where, I, uh, where, to the work where I'm to have called them. Um, and then they go into the Acts 14, and it's, you know, they're going on their first, you know, big missionary journey. They're now apostles. What they were were either prophets and teachers, or prophet and teacher, or prophet or teacher, okay? Um, we know Paul was a prophet and a teacher. Um, Barnabas in, doesn't really clear. He could be a prophet and a, a teacher, prophet or a teacher. It could have been both as well. But the fact of the matter was they were now shifting gears into a next ministry. Um, Barnabas, Paul was not, um, when, when he first came and was, was first saved and, you know, did all the stuff that he was, nobody wanted to be around him. Nobody really, because some, they didn't really trust him. You know who ran to him? Barnabas. Barnabas, Barnabas, that's why he's called son of encouragement. Barnabas ran to him because he saw something in him and he started to make the walk, that walk with him and lift him up. They became, you know, ministry partners. I'm sure they became, or associates. I'm sure they became friends. Okay, they were walking together. They went to different places and did, did astounding, wonderful things. But there came a time where they had an argument. Yeah. Acts 15 I'm aware of the time, don't worry. Acts 15, so clearly, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, just in case you don't know where it is. Acts 15, and let me tell you something, as a practice, open your Bible and read it. This digital age has led some young ones and older ones not to crack that Bible at all. And the habit is you don't crack it, you know, when you're even in service, you ain't cracking it during the week. <laughs> You gotta open up this Bible and you gotta get into it. It is the Word of God. There is no other. Okay? Acts 15, verses 37. And I wanna read this because it's, it's just so important. It says this Now, Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, right? His um, nephew. But Paul insisted that they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Verse 39, Acts 15. Then the contention became so sharp that they parted from one another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brothers to the grace of God, by the brethren to the grace of God. And he went through Syria and Cilicia, strengthening the churches. The contention over John Mark, who was a newbie at the time, right, and his nephew, family relationship, became such an issue that it caused tension between two ministry um, associates and, fr and, and friends, okay? So sharp that they both went their own way. Right. That separation, who was right, say this, who was right in this? Well, I'll tell you, both of them were wrong in, in arguing, okay? But Paul was right. How do you know? Because the Bible from here on in talks about Paul, it doesn't talk about Bar Barnabas. Strife doesn't produce anything, right? So contention wasn't good. But Paul was in the right. There was a time where Barnabas probably knew more than Paul, except for the revelations. Right? Because he probably walked longer. That's why he could go to him and say, come on, I'm going to walk with you. Let's go with this thing. Right? But, then, but Paul was called and anointed for something special, different. Yeah. Above Barnabas' call. But it didn't really matter. In God, as long as they fulfill it, they're going to be equal. That's right? right? For the reward. But the fact is, that relationship was that way. God needed Paul. He called him to do something, and Paul had to execute on it. Barnabas allowed his nephew to get in the way.
It separated him from who he was called to be associated, associated with and divinely connected with. And you don't hear about Barnabas anymore. Who took his place? Silas. Silas took his place. And now you hear about Silas and all the wonderful things. Don't you think when Barnabas from heaven looks at this and like, man, this is written for an eternity. I wish I hadn't done that, Paul. I wish I didn't done John, Mark, get out of here. I'm not talking to you in heaven. You know, it's, you know, it's, he, 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 he allowed this to happen. But I'll tell you, a little while after, as you go through the scriptures, you'll find that there was a time where Paul said, and call Mark. Because he is profitable to me for ministry. There was a time that John Mark grew up and he was profitable to Paul, so that, such that Paul called him. And Barnabas looks at this to think what he missed out on just because he needed to do it his way. Yeah. And it's because really, he, after a while, he, he, he stopped, probably stopped looking at Paul and the call and his support to that and probably started looking at, hey, listen, I'm there all the time with you anyway. We're doing stuff together, you know. And he, and he probably, I don't want to you know, put words in the Bible that, don't, that aren't there, but you kind of sense that maybe there was a little bit of um, a lack of honor in certain respects. Yeah. Sure. You know, he, he stopped you know, kind of saying, yeah, listen, I'm here to kind of support your call and, and, and help you along the way. Yeah. You know, and, and so he kind of backed up a little bit. So let me say this. Know your position in the church, yeah. Yeah. in the body of Christ. Don't try to get out of your position into a position that doesn't belong to you. That's right. Don't try to get a closeness that doesn't belong. Yes. It's not your decision. It's God's decision. See? Don't get jealous over somebody who is either closer to the pastors or closer to some of the deacons. Like, who wouldn't want to be close, close to Winston and Pat, right? Those fritters that Pat makes are just the best. But, <laughs> you know, who, who wouldn't want to be close to Lorraine? She's, she's such a mighty, godly woman. Um, you know, who, who wouldn't want to be, you know, clo close to half of you here? Sally, but I don't know about Wayne just yet, but he's getting there. <laughs> and Wayne too. <laughs> Wayne, Rosina, you know, Sarah. I could talk about so many of you, you know, in, in here, right? Don't get offended over someone having a different kind of relationship with someone else in the church. It's just nonsense. Be pleased. I'm not going to forget Errol either. <laughs> be, be pleased to be where you are. That's it. Yeah. You too, Reverend Taylor. Yes, sir. To be pleased to be in the position that God has placed you. Right. And don't look to try to push yourself in the natural into something right. that you don't belong in. That's right. Let God move you in that position at the right time, in the right place. Amen. You'll be satisfied. Be satisfied in, 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 in your walk. And I'll tell you this dream, and I'm going to close with this. There was a time when we, we came back to the country. And I wasn't, you know, I knew God didn't want me to go back to the other place. I knew it, right? Um, but there was this church. And I thought, oh, Lord. And, and another, God, honestly, there was another pastor at another church, another big church, good church, which was trying to court me to get me there, Right? And, you know, and there are others that, that I knew. And I'm like, but there was this church. And I was on the board. You know, not my pa Pastor Craig and Jenny are not my pastors. Yeah, they're, they're my friends, you know. And we talked, you know, a lot, you know, even when I was overseas. And I'm like, oh, Lord, do I really want to do this? Do I really want, is this really the place? And, but I, and he would never pressure me. He would never pressure me. He said, Greg, do, do whatever, whatever God puts in your heart. You just, just, just do it, right? 
And I felt, okay, you know, then, I, then we came to, we talked, and we finally said, you know, no, I, I, this is the place, this is the place, there's no place else, this is the place, I know it, right? And so I had to learn to make some adjustments over time, right? You know, your friends, you trash talk, right? <laughs> and, and you can't trash talk your pastor as a, you know, at least not in the congregation or not in the church. <laughs> you, can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you, can, you got to reset things, reset things, right? And, and it takes maturity to do that, right? But while I was, you know, growing and, and having to reset, I was still like, oh, man, I'm here, but I'm here, you know. I lose my friend. I got to, you know, sit here all the time and take correction and... <sighs> And, you know, I remember I started to debate over some stuff. <clears throat> because the enemy comes because he wants to disrupt sure. and destroy. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's good. Very good. I bear myself open for you to be blessed and learn. That's why I do it. Right? And the Lord gave me a dream. My wife has plenty of dreams. And when she has them, they're pretty. Most of them, a lot are spiritual dreams. I never used to have a lot. You know, probably because, you know, she's my wife and she's close to me that I'm starting to have, you know, a lot of them, a number of them as well, right? Um, but before at that time, I didn't have these spiritual dreams. And, and I had this dream. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> and I'm in this mall. And this mall is huge. And, <coughs> excuse me, I'm trying to get to the other side. So, you know, you can see a giant mall, a lot of stores, escalators in there. But you know, you look out in the distance, there is like a courtyard, and there's another side of the mall. And I need to get to the other side of the mall. But within that grass are all these dangerous creatures. Like there are lions, there are, I, I can't walk down, I'm gonna get devoured. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna get devoured, I can't, I can't go. And I'm trying to find a way to get over there. I'm trying to find a way to get to the other side because that's where I know I need to be. And I'm looking, and I'm walking through this mall. And as I'm walking through this mall, there are, <coughs> excuse me, caged animals. There are loose animals. There are, there are like li <coughs> lions. <coughs> there are like tigers. There's like all these other things. And I'm trying to get to the other side. And I'm, and I'm having to look at around me all the time in this mall as I'm walking around. Because these things are looking to devour me. Some of them were in cages. Some of them were, were, were roaming loose. And I'm like, how am I going to get to the other side? How? i got to get out of here. i got to get out. I can't even stay here. Because I'm going to get devoured. Yeah, right. Some of them are in cages. The cages are starting to open. And some of them are roaming around. And people are getting devoured. I can't even stay. i got to get to the other side. And I'm walking around. Then all of a sudden, I walk to where the, guard, the, the, the open grass area is. And I'm kind of looking down. And this bus. You ever been at you know, one of the parks where you have those little trolley kind of things that you sit in? And one of them pulled up right to the mall where I was. And in that were people in the church. Some of the faces that I see, even see here today were in the church, in the church, were in, were in that, the seats. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I run down, I jump in the seat, and it drives me to the other side of the mall. The place that I needed to be, the place that I wanted to go to. The place of safety. And I recognized that, you know, when you get up, I know what the Lord had said. Stay where you are. Because it will get you to the other side. Where you are, saints, is a place of safety. It's not for the pastors, it's for you. And when we recognize that our church, Promise of Life Church, is for our safety, our attitude is different. How we perceive 
the pastors is different. How we perceive those who stand in the pulpit is different. How we perceive the anointing and the call is different. How we perceive and look at one another That's is right. different. Yes. Right. Is different. We keep hearing about this 318. It's because these are mighty ones that are going to help usher things in. And we're in beforehand. Don't be like me, like what I did with my buddy who wanted me to come in. Now he ended up being the CFO of that big company. And, I, you know, he could have been there. Could have been, could, have been, could have been up there, right, with self. Because I just didn't feel like, I just didn't want to make the tweaks and, you know, felt lazy and, you know, pride and whatever the case may be. Right? You don't want that. You don't want that. You will miss out on God's best. So let's prepare ourselves. You see? Let's put off the thin, little foolish things. Let's understand that we're here, we are connected, and we, are, we need to stay connected and stay positioned. Yes. Amen? Because when we have that attitude, those divine connections will allow you to prosper. And I'm, and I'm not just talking about, I'm talking about spiritual things. Right. I'm talking about in this church. Yeah. I'm talking about natural things. I'm also talking about some of you business people and the business things. Yes. There is a divine connection, divine connections in this building. See? There are other divine connections out that you'll meet, but I will tell you something. It starts here. It starts here because this is your place of safety. Amen?